super grateful that you're here. Honestly, it's a blessing, and I'm excited to be here today. And I'm going to share a story with you in just a few minutes about last weekend. But last weekend was super crazy and a little bit busy, and something happened to me, and I'll show you some pictures in a second. But it was so crazy that we forgot to do something. And what we forgot to do was celebrate Veterans Day. So even though I'm not a veteran, I really appreciate my freedom. I've lost my freedom before, and so having it back is super, uh, uh, super huge blessing. So here's the, here's the thing. If you are a military servant or if you've ever served in the military or you're a family member of somebody that served, will you stand up? The Bible tells us in John 15, hey, I didn't say sit down, stand up. Let me finish. I know you guys are such good servants, you want to sit back down, but listen. The Bible tells us in John 15, 13, the greatest thing that one can do is give their life for a friend, and we thank you. On behalf of this church and our country, all of you veterans and the family members have sacrificed their family. Thank you so much for what you've done. It's truly a blessing, and I just want to make sure that you're very well thought of and thanked. Amen? God bless you guys. I was going to say, I didn't say sit down. That's a little annoying. I know I'm a little annoying. My wife reminds me of that. You know, when we have... uh, um, we have a great army, the greatest army of all time, and, and they protect us and guide us and they do great things, but we have somebody greater than that, and we're doing this series called He is Stronger, and, and, and what that means is that God is stronger than anything that you can go through. Here's our memory verse that kind of reminds us of who he is and how he is stronger. Our memory verse through this series, He is Stronger, is Psalms 28, 7 and 8. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He is stronger. I trust in him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. And this last verse has really been my weekly verse. This, is, this has really made sense to me this week. And it says, I burst out with songs of thanksgiving, songs of joy and thanksgiving. Something happened last weekend, and uh, I was at a wedding with my friends here, and they were here first service, sitting where my buddy Levi is. And uh, they were here, so they heard the story. But basically, in a nutshell, I did an unbelievable, I didn't, but there was an unbelievable service wedding that I was a part of, and at the end of the sermon, they tried to saber a a champagne bottle, and this is the last picture I remember from that, and in that, I got hit with some shrapnel, and the next thing I remember is being in the emergency room, so pretty deep, and uh, my wife says, finally, I look like a man, so that's good. (laughs) taken a long time to get to that, so if, if you guys are manly, come see me. I'm now part of the club. I'm more of the super grateful, but basically, we went to this awesome wedding, and it was really powerful in the beach in Santa Barbara, and it was just super cool, and freak accidents happen, and this mug's the only one that got hit. Sometimes we lay our life down, and we bled, and it's super exciting. They, my friends, Forrest and Tawny were a big blessing to my family, and we're super excited. But here's the thing. The reason why I bring this up is today we're going to talk about he is stronger than my fears. And one of my fears is hurting my eyes. Now, if you know me 
at all. I got huge eye issues, huge. Don't touch your eyes. Women get in there and they do crazy crap and I don't know why. I don't know if you can say crap at church, but I, it just, they get in there and gr- people touch their eyes and I was at an interview once and someone was digging into his contacts and I'm crying. So I got these huge eye issues and all week I've been bursting with joy because my eyes didn't get hurt. Because I feel like if my eyes got hurt, I just would have combustibly died. I just would have died. I know. I would have just given up. Just take me now. My wife would be going, it's only, you know. But anyways, I've been thanking God. Because as I was sitting there, at first, I just wanted the blood to stop. And it took 45 minutes for it to stop. And then Jeremy that was singing and my wife were putting pressure. They probably broke my nose on the way there because my nose was broken. But here's the thing. The reason why I'm telling you this story is not just because I got cute scars now and now I'm manly. But I have a couple of friends that are pastors that aren't pastoring a church right now. And they always ask me, hey, Jeff, if you ever need time off or if you get hurt or something, let me know and I can come in and preach. But listen, we are so gifted at this church. We've got four or five pastors that can come up. Jeremy, at, after the ER, dropped me off, got up and figured out I'm just going to do a message within four hours, which is pretty abnormal. And you did a great job. So thanks, Jeremy, wherever you are. We appreciate you. One of the beauties of a church is to use the talent, and in 2018, we're going to use our talent here and watch God do amazing things. So we're talking about this series, He is Stronger. He is stronger than my fears. I don't want anybody to touch your eyes or my eyes. And I was in the ER, and I'm telling the doctor, you can do anything, you can stitch me up, don't touch my eyes, you know, and he was pretty cool about it, and, and we were excited, and, you know, just an amazing thing, and I'm grateful that, that I didn't hurt my eyes. And all week, I, over and over, I'm looking at these scars and talking to people, and they're like, it's amazing you didn't hurt your eye. I mean, there was shrapnel everywhere, and it's just a blessing because God loves me, and he probably knew I would have gave up and died, so he knew. <laughs> so the question is, who told you that your God is weak? Most of us like, oh, yeah, he is stronger, but we've changed the words to, is he strong? Is he stronger? Why is it in your life that you believe God is not that strong? Who told you that your God can't do all things and can't do mighty things and miraculous things? Somebody in this world has led us to believe, even great and powerful Christians, that God is weak. That's not my God. That's not the God we preach from over the pulpit. That's a different God. He is stronger, not is he strong. You got to change the verbs and watch God work when you change that verbiage so that you can understand he is stronger. But who told you? Well, listen, here's what the media said this week. If you just listen to the news this week, here's what the media said. And I'm not bashing the media. I'm just telling you what they said. They told me I shouldn't drive because if I drive, I might get hit by a drunk driver or I have road rage. So don't drive. They, the second thing they told me is that I shouldn't go to work because if I go to work, I might get a shooting or a bomb. I shouldn't go to school because something might happen in the school that might hurt everybody. I shouldn't go to the movies because if I go to the movies, somebody might come in and, and blow me up. I shouldn't do that. It also said that I shouldn't go to church because if you go to church, I could get shot. It also said that I shouldn't leave home because if I leave home, I could have something happen to me. It also said on Dateline, don't leave, don't stay home because something could happen at your house. So I don't know where to go. I'm stuck in a capsule in my closet going, what do I do? Because someone has told me that my God is not that strong. But here's the thing. God is in this book, 
It's called the Bible. And if you open it up, you will see that he wants to tell you, I got this handled. The problem is we minimize him to this pocket-sized book or this little book, and we go, yeah, God is good, and he's strong, but he's really not strong for me all the time, and we minimize who he really is. You've got to open it up, and you'll see how God works and how powerfully he builds in us the ability to walk through some of our greatest fears. You know, the media also tells me there's people there to help me in times of need. The first one that I think of is Flash. Man, if you need something, Flash is here, ready to go. Any, no, nobody liked Flash? Anybody ever heard Flash? Wow. Justice League's come out. Anybody? Hello? All right, good. It's number one movie in America right now. Anyways, Flash is really fast. That's it. Flash is really fast. I've been in trouble with the police a couple of times, and I was just as fast as Flash, so I'm not that impressed with the fast thing. So the second thing is, is this one. Anybody know this guy? Spider-Man? Dude, he got bit by a spider. So what, dude? Not that big a deal, and he gets superheroes. But this is what our media says. This is where we turn to in society. How about this guy? Captain uh, America? How come that's only women? And Josh, <laughs> he's got a shield. You could get hit in the face with stuff if you don't have that shield fast enough. How about this one? This is my favorite one. I always like the dark one, Batman. Batman's just got tons of cash. That's his superpower. I got cash. And it's rolling, right? So this is his superpower. Now, here's the sad part. He's got Boy Wonder. What is Boy Wonder? I mean, it's like... <laughs> What's his superpower? He was at Starbucks one day, and this guy with lots of cash goes, you need some side work, bro? <laughs> Boy, wonder. The Lego guy's way more fierce than the other one, right? <laughs> but here's the thing that we all come to. We all in life, when we have fear, and we're looking for strength in our life, we always go to Superman. Right? We go to Superman because Superman has the ability to do all things. He runs and fasts and does all this thing. The problem is this guy's got kryptonite that cripples him. The Superman I'm talking about is 100% God and 100% man. And his name's Jesus Christ. And he is stronger than anything and everything that we can imagine. That's the Superman that we're talking about. Don't let the media and the world tell you that something like this is going to save you. The only savior we have in this world. And he is the greatest of all time. The strongest of all time. He can never let you go and he'll never let you down. His name is Jesus Christ. And he can do great things in your life. So what are we fear for? Basically, the way that Jesus looks at these superheroes are more like child's toys. Because he's stronger than all of them combined. All of us combined. The whole world combined. In Christ, he is stronger to do mighty things. And he makes these guys toy figures. But we look to them as superheroes. And we spend all kinds of money buying stuff to kind of say, I've got a superhero and a superpower. But God has all power. And he's super powerful. Use that power and let him be part of your life. Well, what do you fear in life? I want you to kind of meditate on what you fear. You fear death? I got one of my best friends. He fears death. Doesn't want to die. Doesn't want anybody to die. We're all going to die. Jesus didn't die. He died, came back. We're all going to die. Jesus resurrected. We're all going to die. Sorry. There's a prayer team at the end of the service. Have them pray for you. The second thing that we struggle with is taxes. Tax season's coming up. 
you don't make any money, you don't have to pay any taxes. Praise God. Problem is you don't make any money. But we fear taxes or we fear debt. Who fears debt? Debt is terrible. Does anybody want to pay my debt? Okay. We fear debt. We fear cancer and diseases. We fear that, and we don't want that, but we fear that. We fear unfaithfulness. We get into a relationship, and we want, and this, like, this wedding idea, you know, people fear unfaithfulness. I don't want to be cheated on. I don't want to have unfaithfulness. That's a big fear. We fear being a failure. So instead of being a, a failure, we try nothing, and we never get anywhere in our life. We fear about being embarrassed. You go out and do something, you make a mistake, and you're embarrassed. Anybody like to be embarrassed? Nobody does. It's embarrassing. We have that fear, though, and that holds us back. We have a fear of being alone. And we have this great fear that I'm all going to be alone, and I'm going to have a bunch of cats, and I'm going to be on hoarders one day, and I have this huge fear. (laughs) And because I have this fear of being alone, I won't even try to be in a relationship, but I don't want to be alone. We have this fear of being found out. Man, do you guys know that that guy on stage was arrested and has some felonies? And he went to jail and then went some other places. And, you know, we have a fear of being found out. Do you know what happened last night? And you know what I did? And you know how sickening it could be if somebody found out what I did? We have a fear of being found out. And a lot of us, especially how, depending on how you were raised, have this fear of God. Like he's the principal and he's coming to slap your hand with rulers because of what you did yesterday or what you did last week or what you did 20 years ago. But that's not the kind of fear that God wants. He wants that awe-inspiring, whoa, God, you're so big, it's almost eerie, amazing. Not the, you idiot, you're a sinner, sit down and shut up. A lot of us have that fear of God, and we never can get beyond it. But here's the thing, God wants us to free that fear with faith. Here's what it says. Henry Emerson Fosdick says, fear in prison, faith liberates. Fear paralyzes, but faith empowers. Fear disheartens, faith encourages. Fear sickens, faith heals. Fear makes useless, faith makes serviceable. I, said, I used that a couple weeks ago for another sermon, but really, this is what we see. We have this concept of fear versus faith, and we want to give you a practical idea that Jesus is stronger than my fear. He's stronger than death. And he's stronger than my enemies. And as we get into the Christmas season, you need to understand that he is stronger. Now, I want you never to forget this sermon. Not because I'm doing it. That's not what I'm saying. But I want to put an image in your head so that you'll never forget this sermon. And when you refer back into your mainframe about this sermon on fear, I want you to think of the word tarantula. Tarantula. All right? So this is going to be called the tarantula sermon. Anybody afraid of spiders at all? Whoa, I hear that. That's not good. Well, maybe you'll be a little bit more fearful than after. And I'm supposed to say hypothetically a couple times. So just hear the word hypothetically. I'm just going to say that. But here's what happened. This is going to be the tarantula sermon. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is this. I had a high school guy come around, and, and, and the junior high and high school t- uh, people are, are thinking about getting some pets. So we have on loan Creepy and Crawly. They look like this. You can just, we got some stuff. We took a picture. This is how big they are. And they're the new pets of the church. We're just taking them on loan this weekend to see if we really want tarantulas hypothetically I'm going to say that hypothetically a couple times now I had the high school people come in and they put some Petco boxes with creepy and crawly in right 
So they're somewhere in the room. Maybe you can see one, maybe you're not, but they're in the room somewhere. Now, here's the thing. We're okay because high school people or a junior high person did it. So you know for sure they locked the box, <laughs> right? I mean, my kids, their laundry still needs to be done from three weeks ago, but they should be fine. Don't worry about it. A high school or a junior high person, I'm pretty sure the kid, he's pretty responsible. I mean, so we should be fine. Creepy and crawly, they should be fine. Just trust that if you see a box, it's probably okay, hypothetically, right? I'm just kind of saying they probably did a pretty good job. The point is this. The only way they can really get to you is if they crawl on your leg and maybe underneath your pants. So you should be fine for the first layer, right? So hypothetically, if you feel something, you're fine. Maybe you'll turn into Spider-Man. I don't know. But this sermon is going to call the tarantula sermon because we're going to talk about fear. And some of us hate spiders. First service, there was only three. Here we got about 50. So we should be okay. We should, I, I promise you, I, I, we're probably okay. Well, let's move on. I want to go to a place in the Bible called Psalm 27. It's a place where King David writes about fear. Now, in this psalm, G, uh, David wants to teach us about fear. Now, there's three parts. If you're looking for some homework, go home. It's about a 12-verse psalm. It's really easy, but it talks about our fear. And here's the three fears that it talks about. It talks about, in the first section, fear of our circumstances, fear of failure, and then fear of our future. We have a fear. Some of us have a fear of our future. We're young people, and we're like, what am I going to be? Or we're, I was going to say old people, but I don't consider myself old. Middle-aged. No, that sounds terrible. Uh, Something. Anyways, you're middle of the life and you kind of have fear of what, what, what's retirement going to look like. We have fear of future. And David talks about that in Psalm 27. But really, I just want to focus on your circumstances. So we're only going to use the first three verses here. Now, David is trying to reaffirm, uh, reaffirm a message. He is being hunted by a king. He's not yet king. And he's in danger. He's got fear of circumstances. He's probably hiding in a cave or something, and he's writing this psalm, but he's trying to calm the fears that he has in his life. So he's trying to teach us this. And you're going to read in this psalm, and you're going to see today that he wants us to have a relationship with God, to have faith in him, and confident trust so that you can have victory in every fear. Now, here's the deal. At this church, we love the word of God. Love it. I guess not. But at this church, we love the word of God. And so what we do is back in the old Jewish tradition, they would take a scroll and they would rock around and everybody would stand and revere the word of God. So if you're able to, please stand. If not, just open up your hearts and let's get ready. We're going to read from the word of God and then we're going to pray. Psalm 27, King David is writing this and he says, the fear of the Lord. Uh, no, sorry, that was a different one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me to, to devour me, it's my enemy and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though the war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Now, we're going to pray in a second. If you're new at our church in the beginning of last year, or this year, 2017, we broke our church up into three sections. Now, the three sections, each section is to pray for this week in and week out. This is team salvation, and they are to pray for salvations throughout the week. 
finally, there's some life in team salvation. That should be the essence. So they're praying throughout the week that people will be saved, not just at our church. We don't care about growing our church. We care about growing the kingdom of God. Now, this is where my family sits. All my family's in team revelation. I was like, man, my family's embarrassing me right now. They're praying in team revelation that God would speak to all of us in here. And not just in this place, but all across this country and all across the world, that God will speak a revelation to our heart specifically to, to really change us. So we're praying for that. And then I used to sit over here, but I've switched because this is my side. You know, I'm over here and this is team transformation. And we're praying for people to be transformed and renewed and changed to be something different than what we used to be. So right now we're going to pray. Pray throughout the week, salvation, revelation, transformation, and watch God do great things. He's done it in this church, and he wants to do it in every church in America and in this world. So let's pray. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we lift you up, and ask for your power to come. That your power will come and take us to a place of transformation. Uh, bring us a revelation so we can hear your voice, Father. We want to see you and we want to be moved by you. We want to be forever changed. Imprint your life on ours, on our soul, on our heart, and everything that we are. We want to feel you, Lord, and we want to hear from you. And Lord, build our salvation, our walk with you, our faith, and enhance us so that we can be sanctified and renewed by you. Lord, speak boldly to us today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, whoa, 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 what? Okay, let's try this again. In Jesus' name, that's a good church. I mean, you probably missed out on heaven the first two times, but hey. (laughs) Paralyzed by fear means that we can't move. We're stuck. I can't go forward or backwards. I'm stuck and I get hit by the car because I'm a deer or a bunny rabbit. I'm paralyzed and I can't move and so I'm stuck and I never get out of the situation. Or in the animal instincts, it's one where I'm paralyzed and I'm stuck and I don't move. Or as soon as a little bit of danger comes, here little deer, you run. You leave. You scamper away. And we are the same way. Our animal instincts are, I'm so paralyzed in whatever I'm fearful of, I'm stuck and I keep getting hit by the bus, and you wake up and go, gosh, I hope I don't get hit by the bus again. Bam! Or as soon as some level of fear comes in, you instantly run and don't face it at all. You're like, I'm going to run, I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to go to my special place, Point Magoo or the beach or the parking lot or wherever you go or hide in the bathroom, and I'm going to run from my fear. And that's not what we're supposed to do. That's not what the verse says. The verse is telling us something different. Listen to what the verse says. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. In my darkest moments, when I'm in this dark place, it says that the Lord will come in and shine his light upon me. The Lord is my light. So whatever dark things I've done today or last night or 10 years ago or 50 years ago, the Lord is my light. And then it says that he is my salvation. So not only is my light, but he's going to save me from that darkness that I have. He wants to pluck me out and say, listen, I'm going to save you, but we got to walk through this together. He wants you to hear his voice. He's your savior. He's the true superhero. And that's what he wants you to hear. Whom shall I fear if that's true? If you have darkness in your life, the light will come on and you have a savior. So why should I fear? What's the purpose of really fearing? 
Do you know that the Bible says over 300 times, don't be afraid, fear not. 300 times, do you know why? We are fearful people. And we constantly need to be reminded, I'm in the boat, I've got everything under control, don't be afraid. Yes, the storm is big, the waves are crashing, the bank is coming for the car. That sucks, but don't be afraid. I've got it. Maybe he doesn't like the car. Maybe God's like, nah, I want to give you a better car. I'm going to get you an Escalade. What's, I think he's driving Escalades up there. The point is this. He says to his disciples and he says to us that read the Bible, fear not. Whatever you're going through, it's in here. Fear not. I want you to know if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, fear not. I've got you and I'm going to take you through this process. Yeah, you can clap. That's the right time to clap. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I got like tons of things going on in my head all the time. Even right now, crazy stuff. I was going to say crazy crap, but I don't know if you guys want to hear that. And what happens throughout the day, we have a hundred plus thoughts of fear that allow us to minimize our walk with Jesus. I don't want to share I'm not going to tell them about Jesus, and I'm definitely not going to pray for them. I got too much fear. I might be embarrassed. They might find out I'm a Christian. They might know that I go to that crazy church with a guy that split his head open with a bottle. So we let the fear win, and we start questioning, is he strong? Is my God strong? Well, the Bible says he is strong. Fear not. I got you in control, and we switch it around. To realize that God is actually weak? Is your God weak? It's easy to shake your head and say no, but then you go out there and the topper line's so big, you're like, oh my gosh. Today we need to actually hear God and believe that he is stronger than my fear. He is stronger than anything that I can imagine. He is my superhero and he wants to do great work in us. Amen? So here's what, the, here's what the verse says. If we read it and we break it down, he says, whom shall I fear? If he is really strong, then whom shall I fear? And it points out a couple of things in this verse. If you, if you do an inductive Bible study, it says, I should fear the wicked. There's all kinds of wicked people in the world. They do crazy crap. They blow up churches and they shoot things and they do stuff. There's a bunch of wicked people out there. So we need to be the opposite of wicked, which is loving and go into the world and love these people even when they're wicked. Thanks, bud. There's also an army against us. There's an army out there. We're an army rising up for the glory of the Lord, but there's an also an army that doesn't want you to succeed. And it says there's an army out there. There's also foes. Next week, we're going to talk about our enemies. We all got enemies. Some are sitting in the different sides of the church. We all have enemies. And it says there's also a war out there. And you know that there's a war going on, right? I'm not talking about the Middle East. I'm talking about a spiritual battle for your life and your soul and your connection to God. There's a war out there and you've got to start bringing in the light of God. And it's talking about here's the things that we should fear, the wicked, the armies, the foes, the war. And all they want to do is besiege you and they want to devour you and they want you to have war with inside of you. But the truth is, God says, I'm going to make them stumble and fall. Why are you being afraid? 
You have a Savior that wants to save you, not just so you get a ticket to heaven like Willy Wonka or to Willy Wonka's place. That ticket gets you into heaven, but you still got to live here until you get there. And he wants you to live and find some heavenly attributes in this world, in your family, in your church, in your prayer life. He wants you to find a, a beautiful heavenly relationship with him so that he will make your fears stumble and fall. He will make the things that you struggle with stumble and fall. Nelson Mandela, one of the great mans of faith, said this, men of faith. He says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid. We all feel afraid. He says, but the one who conquers that fear. The Bible tells me in Romans that Jesus is more than a conqueror. He is the superhuman being that came in 100% man, 100% God to save the world from itself. You're not clapping for me, so don't clap for me. You're clapping from God. So if God's here and he wants to hear from you, it's okay to say amen, clap, we love you, Lord, because he's the one that wants to speak. Jesus is more than a conqueror, and if you believe that, then you have to understand he is stronger. Now, I'm a little dyslexic, so is he stronger makes sense to me, but it's not what I believe. In my heart, it comes out he is stronger. He can take over all of your fears and all of your failures and all of your debt and all of your worries, and he can build you up so that you can walk beyond it. Jesus is more than a conqueror. He's more than a superhero, and he can't be undone or, or crushed by kryptonite. There's nothing that can hold him back. The Bible says the death that can't hold him, and so why are we letting our own head hold him back from what he really wants to do? So what do we do? You know, at our church, we have, we're a church that wants to be a, a church that teaches application. We can get up here and we can talk about all kinds of stuff, and we can bend your mind around all kinds of things. But the truth is, there's, there's two main reasons why people come to church. They don't wake up one day that doesn't, somebody that doesn't know Jesus, they don't wake up one day and go, yeah, I think I'm gonna get my ticket to heaven today. I'm gonna just find a church and go to heaven. That's my goal. I'm gonna get Starbucks, probably a pumpkin spice latte because that'll take you right to heaven. And then I'm gonna go to heaven. no. People come to church for two reasons. First of all, because they're looking for a new set of friends because their old ones, I was going to say suck, but they're not good. And so they're looking for a new set of friends. My mom went to a church 17 or 18 years ago in Camarillo because she didn't have any friends in this area, and she found a new life also. They also come to church because people want to know, how can I live my life together? I don't really want a savior, but I do want to live my life together, or live my life better. So I want some application on how to live my life. So the two main reasons are community and how to live my life better. And then like 1% is like, well, I really need Jesus. I heard about him a long time ago, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to accept him today. But most of the time we come to church for application and community, and that's what we're going to do today. So what's the solution? I can get up here and shout and spit and, and, and get all excited, tell some funny jokes, say some things I probably shouldn't say. What's the solution? What can we walk out of here with? I got fears. 
I got fears. You don't touch your eyes. I got fears that I don't want to be found out. I got fears that, that my hope is diminishing. I got depression that's keeping me down. I got anxiety. What am I going to do? I got great fears in my life. What's the solution? Well, here's the thing. About eight weeks ago now, I was in my backyard, and God was kind of changing me to say, hey, I want you to do some things differently from the pulpit. And I'm like, okay. And here's what he said. He goes, I want you to pray boldly. So I've been really trying to up my prayer game. And then he goes, I want you to preach boldly. I want you to be up there and be bold in what you're saying. The truth is, those are pretty natural for me. I'm spitting on some people up here. Sorry, Janet, it's okay. But the last one was the hardest one. He says, I want you to follow the Holy Spirit boldly. And I'm like, oh, not that one. Because that's challenging me to go far beyond and go, here's what God's telling you. Here's where I'm supposed to be. Here's what I'm supposed to do. And, and that leads me to today's solution. Here's the solution if you have great fears. The first solution is to be bold in your faith. The second solution is then if you have faith, the output of faith is trust. Then i got to be bold in my trust. And then number three is I've got to be bold in my prayers. And we'll go, we'll go through them really quick so that you understand what each one of them mean. But the solution to fear is to enhance your faith boldly, to enhance your trust even more boldly, I don't know if that's the correct English. And then I got to pray even more boldly. So that's what God wants to do. Faith, you have to be bold. Faith is a power that comes from God. It's a force that comes from God. It resides inside of us. Everybody say inside of me. My faith is inside of me. It's inside, and I've got to realize this, this power can't be harnessed, and what we do is we're, we're diminishing the power, but it's inside of me, and God wants you to be bold in that faith. He wants you to realize that Christ came into the world to unleash this power so that you can do great and amazing things. I'm reading in the book of John right now through my devotions. In the beginning of John, it says, as he's talking to, to Nathaniel, he's like, I'm going to do greater things than you could ever see. And he wasn't talking about 2,000 years ago. He's talking about here today. This Thanksgiving week, he can do greater things. Our faith is this power. It's like a muscle. And I've been up here several times saying faith is like a muscle. And when you're working on your faith, you're supposed to go, look at my faith, man. Look at this. I'm working out on my muscle, and yeah, my arms are weak. I'm a wimpy man, but I got great faith. Amen. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to flex your faith muscle. Have you ever seen this before? Most of us are living in this atrophy kind of faith place. It's wimpy and weak. It's been casted up for a while, and there's not working at all. And we need to build our muscle our faith muscle so that it can do great and amazing things. Most of us live in this place where we're barely using it. If you're using your faith muscle on Sunday from 9 to 10.30 or 11 to 12.30, you're weak. It's not enough. You need to practice it 24-7 and promise you will walk around and be flexing on everybody. Because I'm no longer an atrophy type of a lifestyle. I'm living in powerful faith from God. Faith is more than believing in our head. It's believing in our heart and using our will and believing that our will can actually line up with God's will. Faith in God means that we believe in God and what he said he can do. And we believe it so powerfully that we choose to live it out. Why would I believe it in my head and my heart and believe it in my will but then go, eh, I'm not going to live it out. Maybe next week. Hopefully a sermon will be better next week to activate that. No, we have the power right now and we need to live it out. The second part is trust, but before we get there, I want to tell you a story about this guy. His name's the Great Blondin. Everybody, anybody ever heard of him? 
I forgot to get the pictures up, but there's this picture. In 1859, there used to be this guy, and he's called the Great Blondin. And what he would do is he would go to the Niagara Falls, and he would walk across the tightrope across the Niagara Falls. And it was the greatest feat of all times back then. I mean, people were coming from miles and miles, hundreds of miles to see this guy do it. But here's the thing. He didn't just walk across the tightrope with his thing like this over the Niagara Falls. He did it with a wheelbarrow. So he'd take this wheelbarrow, because people had made it, and he's like, I could do it, but I can, I'm going to bring my wheelbarrow and do it. And what happens is, pastors talk about this guy now, because he's a great example of faith and trust. He tells us, and he, this kind of bridges us to the trust factor. Here's what he would do. He was a great showman, 1859, think about it. We, there's some black and white pictures, look it up, it's blonde in, I-N. And, and here's what he said. As he was getting ready to walk across, he was like, Ladies and gentlemen, now I'm going to walk across with my wheelbarrow. Do you think I can do it? Whoa, not very many. Back then, they would all go, yeah, we think you can. And they would go wild like they just won the Super Bowl, right? And he's like, yeah, and he would get all fired up. And so he would walk across the tightrope with his wheelbarrow, right? And everybody would be all excited, right? And then he would walk back. And and the whole time, people are just going nuts. Yeah, Blondin, you are the greatest, right? And then he would get back and he would say, I'm back. Would anybody like to go with me in my wheelbarrow? Not a word. Thousands of people were cheering, yeah, you can do it. We got faith in you. And when he comes back, who wants to be in the wheelbarrow? Nobody. I did it many times and no one ever said yeah. They had faith that he could do it, but they don't trust him to carry me across that. The second part is being bold in your trust. We don't have the great Blondin taking our lives in the wheelbarrow. We have Jesus Christ, and he's going to get us to the other side no matter how wobbly it seems. Psalms 56, verse 3 and 4, it says, When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you, God. I will praise you, God, for what you have promised. I will trust God so that why be afraid? I will put my trust. I believe in your promise. Why should I be afraid? I have great hope that you can do this, God. I know that you can do this. My life verse, the verse that I think about anytime my fear is taken over, Romans 8.32, if God of the universe is for me, who on this earth can be against me? Nothing, no one, no human being can be against me uh, bigger than God. So why should I be afraid? I've got to be bold in my trusting. You know, I found a slide and it says, people are going to, what does it say? People will let you down, but the Lord will never let you go. As you're walking through the tightrope of life and you're sitting in the bucket because you really can't move right now because you're stuck, the great Jesus is going to be walking you across with the wheelbarrow and people are going to let you down and the great blonde will probably trip you and fall, you know, fall into the Niagara Falls. Hopefully you make it. But the truth is Jesus will never let you go. Even if you fall out, he'll grab your hand and he'll pick you up. Might take a while, but he doesn't let anybody down. Got to be bold in your trust. Trust is literally mean to be bold or confident in an action-based, secure faith. I got faith, and the output of my faith is trust. If I truly believe boldly that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, then the output is I'm going to trust him. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Through God, I can do all things. I can do this, God. You are more powerful. You are bigger than my fears. I can do this with you in my life. 
People are gonna let you down, but trusting in God and believing in his promises in all the circumstances is one of the great solutions to getting rid of our fear. Psalm 34 says this, and this is really the psalm that I want to read, and I want to come back to the last verse so that you can see here's the solution of faith. David writes in 27, Psalm 34 is really the answer. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt him together. That is the confident trust. I can put my faith in the Lord as he's wheeling me through my life. I can talk about him, I can share about him, I can love him, and I can celebrate him because he didn't put shrapnel in my eye this week. I'm going to boast in thanksgiving because he can protect me. And that leads us to the last part. Bold in my prayers. Verse 4 of that same verse says, I prayed to the Lord. So I've got to be bold in my prayer. So not only i got to have faith, and I've got to have this output of faith, which is trust. Now I've got to get on my hands and knees, or I've got to be in my car with my worship music on, or I've got to have my windows rolled down, and I'm just going to start boldly praying. Father, I need your help. The repo men are here. Father, I need your help. My anxiety's coming back. Father, I can feel a spirit of depression. Father, I feel lonely and I feel suicidal. Lord, take away these fears. Lord, I feel my addiction coming back. Lord, take away this fear. I don't want to live in that. And I got to boldly pray and go to a place that only you and God could go to. And in that, here's what it says. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all of my fears. You have a God in heaven that wants to free you up. Why are you fearing and letting yourself lose when you have a great victory in him? If you boldly pray. If you boldly pray. God wants to free you from your fears. He wants to free you and set you in a path that you've never been on so that you can be whole and right and move in a way that you've never moved and people around you will go, I can't believe what God has done in your life. Out of captivity into a saving grace and a life that you could never imagine and you could never plan. It happens here in other churches. It happens if you're willing to let yourself be free of that fear. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. Let me ask a quick question before I close up. Has anybody thought about tarantulas for a few minutes? Listen, for about 20 minutes we've thought about it, but really they've kind of gone away because we just practice what we're supposed to do on a day-to-day basis. Hypothetically, there's tarantulas in the building. But we just showed you as a church how to get away from that fear and how to let the tarantula thing go and watch God move in a very powerful way. What did we do? We talked about faith. We opened up the word of God. We prayed. We asked God to work. And we boldly got into a place in our mind that the tarantulas were no longer dominating my mindset. And now my fears are lessened. The truth is, we don't have to have those kind of fears anymore. But the truth is, God can take away our fear. Oh, what is that? (laughs) 
It's, it's okay. I don't want you guys to forget the message. This message is not from me. This is from God. We're struggling as a fearful society. Every day we're getting worse and worse. The things that are being told to us are telling us that we can't do it. That we need a superhuman person apart from God to do it. And God is telling me, don't be afraid. Trust me. Don't be afraid. I've got you. I've got you. Your wheelbarrow's wobbling. We're on a tightrope right now, but I can get you to the other side. Do you trust me? Will you boldly have faith in me? And will you pray to me as we go through this process? Hebrews, yeah, amen. Somebody's alive. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, and verse 3 is really powerful. It says, since we are surrounded by this great crowd cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders us, the sin that easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance, a race marked out for us. And now we get into the powerful part of this verse. It says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the beginning of our faith, the end of our faith, the alpha and omega. He's there. Let that be your pioneering faith. He says, fix your eyes on the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, the scorning shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Now that's a great place to be. But here's verse 3. This is the one that sets this whole message apart. We're not fearing tarantulas. We're not fearing the things in this world. But here's what it says. The writer of Hebrews challenges us right here. He says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't be weary and give up. When you get into that great place of fear of death or divorce or struggles or chaos or confusion in your life, think of all that he has done, all that he endured, all the shame and guilt and sin that he did, and then you won't get weary and you won't give up. You will live a life for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we want to be bold. We want to stand up and be bold for you, Lord, so speak to us today. Let this tarantula sermon never be forgotten. Father, we want to be bold in you. We want to be bold in our trust, and we want to be bold in our prayers. And today, someone needs that bold prayer of salvation. We've been praying for it for weeks and months, and we ask if there's someone here that needs a new faith in Jesus Christ to recommit or to put in their first time a faith in Jesus Christ. If that's you today, repeat a simple prayer and you will become a child of God. And you watch your fears diminish. Here's the prayer. Just repeat it after me. Father, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my soul. And be my Lord and Savior. Take all my fears, Father. For you died and you rose again from me. Thank you. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit right now, Lord. Let me walk all the ways, all the days of my life with you, Father. We praise you, Lord, because you are the King of kings, the greatest of all time, our faith, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen.